up episode 25 of Beef's Beef. Got a lot to talk about today. Um, going to be doing an episode by myself. Uh, but should be getting some guests coming up here pretty soon. I have to dig into getting that done. Been doing some stuff to, that's been keeping me busy the past couple of weeks. So um, we'll get some guests back on here again. So you guys, I know you guys enjoy the guests that I've been getting. So uh, first thing I want to talk about the uh, the Louisville game yeah, yesterday. I guess, yeah, yesterday against Georgia Tech. Uh, played without our leading sword, Dangadale. Um, but to me, I thought the ball movement was a lot better, uh, which... I think we've all seen most of the season, whenever we have played bad, it's been because the ball has sat still. Um, the games that we kind of started playing well were the Florida State, the second half of the Florida State game, the couple of games after that. Um, Dangadell was still scoring, but he was also moving the ball, and he was getting the ball back. And then we started the, we've started to kind of um, fall away from doing that, and it's suffered, we've suffered some losses. Um Lost to some teams that maybe we shouldn't have lost to. Lost to a Miami game. We blew that game. Lost to Florida State. Lost to Virginia, which everyone's lost to Virginia in the league so far. And almost everyone in the season has lost to Virginia other than West Virginia at West Virginia. So uh, the Virginia game, I was frustrated that we lost, but it wasn't one that like I was really pissed off that we lost the game. Um so you go into Georgia, you go into the Georgia Tech game last night, favored to win. You take care of business. Uh, now you got another game coming up this weekend, which is kind of crazy to think because we have three games in in one week, pretty much. And uh, we actually, let's see, we play the eleventh, which would be Sunday uh, at Pittsburgh, which should be another win. So hopefully, this is kind of like the beginning of the season where. You play your cupcakes to kind of get yourself back, back up to where you need to be. Pittsburgh's awful. Pittsburgh may be one of the worst, one of the worst Division One teams I've ever seen. They are really, really bad, um, and all that to me goes on coaching. Uh, it's they're really, really bad, and I don't know. It's, it's I, I don't really want to spend time talking about them because they're, it's an, they're. One, they're annoying, and two, they're not good. So, um, I wanted to go into uh, signing day, which was Wednesday. Uh, pretty exciting time around college football. Uh, I know the NFL just ended and all that stuff, and um, but you know you have recruits signing, deciding where they want to go. Louisville picked up a. Uh, it was kind of a surprise. I kind of knew it was coming because I have. Uh, I have a subscription to uh, Scout, and uh, they were pretty much saying, "Oh yeah, it's pretty much a done deal." But the uh, the last the last minute uh, the last minute uh, commitment and signing of uh, Jarius Brents, the four star DB out of Wagner, uh, great pickup. It was just a it was a great pickup. Um, I'm really happy with Louisville's class. Um, I was happy with what Petrino said about the class as well. Um, I, I don't know. It's, they they got a lot of pieces that they needed. Uh, picked up a lot of DBs: Chandler Jones, Jarius Brent, Jared Goldwire, Alan Love. Uh, I'm sorry. Picked up Chandler Jones, Jarius Brent, DBs, uh, defensive tackles, which are defensive linemen, which they need. Uh, 
Jared Goldwire, Alan Love, uh, a, a name you're, you're going to recognize, uh, Dejmi Dumerville. Yes, it is the nephew of Elvis Dumerville. Uh, and, and got a lot of, like I said, field positions that they needed. A uh, couple safeties and, and picked up a solid class. Um, looking at the 24-7 uh, rankings, this is the 24-7 composite rankings for uh, football Number one was easy, Georgia, with uh, seven five-star players and 15 four-star players. Uh, two was Ohio State, three was Texas, four UCLA, five Penn State, six Clemson, seven Alabama, eight Miami, nine Oklahoma, ten Notre Dame, eleven Florida State. So you think about those top 11. The only reason I went to 11 is because we play Florida State. Um, you think of that top 11. Louisville, on their schedule next season, has Florida State, they have Alabama, they have Clemson. So they have three of the top 11 recruiting classes to play against. Now, football recruiting classes don't mean as much the first year as much as they do in basketball. It's for schools like Clemson and Alabama and now Georgia and, and teams that are at the at the top in the cream of the crop. They're, they're the ones that stack these guys and they're going to beat you two, three years down the road. So that's what Louisville's trying to get to. Um, we're not there yet. I don't think we're anywhere near what those what those teams do. But in order to get where you want to be like that, that's what you're going to have to do. So just uh, like I said, I went through those classes, and Louisville came in on the 24-7 uh, rankings at 29. Uh, four four-star players, three or twenty-three-star players, uh, with an overall with an overall grade of eighty-seven point oh eight, right behind uh, right behind Maryland. Which I'm not really sure. Looking at the rankings, I'm not really sure how we um, ended up behind them. I had ten more recruits and had more higher-ranked recruits, but had the same grade. I don't know. Oh, I guess it's. It goes down. You want a lower grade. I don't know. Actually, no, I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. The average was, was that. So, <clears throat> now if anybody's wondering, 24-7 sports, you can look up their composite team rankings for free. Uh, but like I said, I do have 24-7. Scout is part of 24-7. They combined last season. So, um, it is pretty cool for me because I can look at the... Um, the crystal ball stuff like and, and stuff like that. That's always the thing that I enjoy looking at. But like I said, the the biggest thing is Louisville's feeling spots that they're losing. Our defense is gonna be highly depleted. We're losing I I was caught crazy by some people, but I said um I said at the end of the season that Jair Alexander going into next season will be a bigger loss than Lamar Jackson. Now, why is that? Because if you looked at it without without Jair Alexander on our defense this year, our defense was absolutely atrocious. Um, he comes back, our defense looks totally different, and then he goes back out, he and James Hearns uh, sit out the bowl game, and our defense is right back to where it was. Uh I'm saying it was. I'm saying it's bad that that one person made that big of a difference. But this recruiting class right here is something that's going to go towards what we need to do. 
start stacking people on that defensive side, uh, young defensive guys. But also, you need. I'm glad that we picked up. Uh, I'm glad that we picked up a, a a linebacker that was a JUCO, and I believe we also got a uh, yeah we also Jared Goldwire, which is a three star defensive tackle who's also from JUCO. So I'm glad we also mixed in a couple of JUCO guys because you always need those those older guys that that are already you know been through the ringer and that type of stuff and already kind of used to the college game so um overall i'm happy with the class um picked up a big athlete out of uh miami northwestern 2-2 atwell uh 5-8-155 played quarterback down there don't think he'll see the quarterback position here um we picked up jerry's brents like i said who's the uh, second best player in the state behind uh, rondell moore who ended up going to purdue um, shout out Daniel Grimes. I know you're happy by getting him. Um, but the other thing is, is it's big because in the here in the recent past we haven't been getting Chris Vaughn trained players. Uh, and Jarius Brent, maybe that opens up a a door that Louisville really needs to be open um, because he trains a lot of the best athletes that are in this city. And if we can get that door open to where we can get the top talent out of this city and just lock up the lock up the city and the where they're not going anywhere else where you don't have the Rondell Moores, uh, you don't have the players going to Kentucky and stuff like that. Which side note, it is kind of crazy to think that Kentucky signed zero players from the state of Kentucky. How are you, the school that this <laughs> school that's named after the state and not get one recruit from the state of Kentucky? That's not a good sign. Um. I've said it before to people. I I don't really know how long Stoops is going to be there. Uh, granted, he did just get an extension for winning seven games. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I, I just. But then again, where where are you going to? What direction are you going to go? Are you going to go in a a young direction? Try to get somebody that's up and coming that that maybe wants to get an SEC job or what? Um, the thing is, is Kentucky's got to find somebody like our Petrino that is now I know Petrino left went to the NFL went to Arkansas then came back and and all that stuff but you have to find somebody that's not going to treat your school like a stepping stone find somebody that wants to be there which I think they have found in Stoops but Stoops isn't getting the job done so you have to find somebody that mixes wanting to be there and not and being a good coach so uh like I said back to back to Louisville's recruiting class because that's this is a Louisville I am a Louisville fan, uh, not a Kentucky fan, but I just wanted to get my two cents on that. But looking over our uh, our recruiting class, one of the, one player that really sticks out to me is Nigel Kilby out of Garden City Community College in Garden City, Kansas, who is a tight end. Which uh, really, since I'm trying to think, when's the last time we had one? I, I think it has to be. Uh, I think it has to be when Brom was here with, uh, of course, my mind goes blank when I'm trying to think about it. Uh, Gary Barnage, when Gary Barnage was here, is the last time we've had a, a good tight end. Uh, I know some people may say Gerald Christian, but Gerald Christian never really lived up to the hype, and that may be just because we didn't really have a set-in-stone quarterback. But I'm hoping Nigel Kilby at 6'8", 250 can be that big weapon we need down the field. Uh to kind of bring Bobby Ball back because we used the tight end a lot with, with Bobby in the past. Um, I'm hoping our running backs can help with that too. Uh, one of my favorite pickups that we got, 
Uh, he's small, but uh, where's he at? I was I was very happy that we got him. Uh, Javian Hawkins is a five nine one eighty five. They played running back and uh, he's out of Cocoa, Florida. <laughs> I'm hoping we get Bobby Ball back where you see plays like what George Stripling did against Miami where he's catching that ball out of the backfield and running it for 45 yards or stuff like that. It's stuff that we haven't seen because we had one of the most dynamic playmakers ever in college football on our team to where you have to run the off you have to change the offense to run what he's going to do. Now you have a guy that's more um accustomed to Bobby's offense and Jawan Pass from what we hear uh you know, you hear he's more of a pocket passer, but then you see that he's that he still has the legs to run uh, like he did against Kentucky last year where he ran that 20-yard run. So we'll see. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see where Lamar's going to go as well. I don't want to just jump over that, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see the, the future of Louisville football. We're going to get uh, most likely punched in the mouth in the first game of the season next year when we play Alabama. We are a 30-point underdog. That's uh, what the – that's what the that's uh, that's what the uh, spread opened up at was thirty points. So uh, I don't know. I don't think we get beat that bad, but I don't think we win. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe maybe we shock all of college football and pull an upset in the first game of the season. I highly doubt it, but it'd be cool if we did. So <clears throat> not only was signing day Wednesday, but then you go to the next day, and it's a sports it's a sports lovers paradise for two days like this because you have guys that are you know committing out of nowhere signing signing for uh with your school and uh, and then the next day you have the trade deadline which any nba fan loved yesterday because of all the moves that came out of nowhere <clears throat> everybody thought okay yeah Cleveland's probably going to there was two names that you kept hearing that were going to that were going to go to Cleveland you kept hearing DeAndre Jordan you kept hearing Kimball Walker George Hill was in there you know a couple weeks ago and they were really close to getting the George Hill done George Hill moved done but they never did but uh it it never happened so you didn't really expect it to happen um yesterday but it did so you you go to I'm I'm sitting there in the, and I was like oh yeah the trade deadlines today and then, uh, you know I look on I look on Twitter just happened to be scrolling through Twitter, and I was like oh I'm gonna turn on uh, Wojnarowski's uh, Twitter notifications to where you know I like to do that during like free agent time, and the trade deadline and stuff like that if you've never done that. You should definitely you should definitely do that. If you just go to Woj's uh, Twitter, there's a little bell right there. You just click it and it turns notifications on. It'll send notifications to you like a text message. Again, you're gonna get a bunch of them. So unless you want to keep getting a bunch of notifications, if you don't want to get a bunch of notifications, I wouldn't do it. But if you're a big sports fan and you want to just do it for a certain amount of time, I highly suggest it. It's something that uh, I can't remember if someone told me or if I just remember that you could do that. So I started doing it with him. Uh, in free agency two years ago so it's definitely a cool thing to do but you know I'm scrolling through and I see the Cavaliers have traded uh, Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry to and their uh, first round pick to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. I can't <clears throat> I can't lie to you 
when I first saw this, I was kind of pissed. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what kind of trade is that? And then I start, I sit back and I start to think about it. I'm like, all right, Cleveland is going to do everything they can do to make this place look as glamorous as possible for a LeBron re-sign next year. So what are they going to do to do that? So this was the start. So you start with this. You trade away Isaiah Thomas, who um, admittedly I said that Cleveland won the trade at the beginning of the season because I was expecting the Crowder from last year. I was expecting the IT to, uh, from last year. Uh, I mean, he sat out until January. and it, To me, it just felt like he never really wanted to be a part of this team. You see videos of him standing away from the, the intro line. Uh, you see him in uh, his quotes from press conferences saying that the coaches pretty much don't know what they're doing. Um, you see him saying stuff about players. Uh, when stuff goes wrong, everybody just uh, separates. No one no one tries to talk anything out. Then you read stuff about him. Uh, him going at Kevin Love saying he's, he quit on the team when Kevin Love apparently had the flu. And it's like, man, who are you? Like, I, I can't lie to you. Like, I defended him for so long. Uh, which is kind of ironic because he's a terrible defender. And he's a great offensive player, um, but he's not. He's he has to create his own shot. He's not one of those people that plays off the ball well. And I, that's just, he doesn't mesh well with LeBron. He, he can't play off of the ball. He has to have it in his hands all the time. So, the thing is, is when you call out Kevin Love like that, a guy that's been here for, you know, this is his fourth season, he's won a championship here, been to two other finals, um, got hurt got hurt before the first finals, I know, but has been to two other finals, has been with this team, has the chemistry with this team. Who are you to question someone like Kevin Love when you've been with this team for, uh, the season starts in October. He doesn't play until January. He got traded in, in the middle of summer. So he's been with the team maybe five or six months, all right, at the most. Has been playing for five to six games, and then that happens, and then you want to question someone else. Quit. You haven't played the whole season. How are you going to try to talk to anybody like that? But I don't want to dwell too much on that because he's – He's gone away from Cleveland. Uh, that's in the past, but I just wanted to get that off my chest because I know I did defend it, and I admitted on Facebook that I was wrong about the trade. Uh, I, I, but one thing I did always say is Kyrie was the best player in that in that trade. But the fact that they got Isaiah Thomas, the fact that they got Jay Crowder, and they got that Brooklyn pick is why I thought they won. Um, now, if you give if you give Cleveland all of those players from last year on Boston, uh, healthy Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jay Crowder playing like he did last year, I don't really know how you can say they didn't win. But that's a that's a story for another time. So you start out with that trade, and you're like, all right. So you do that. You get you get rid of a big man that's coming off the bench. So you think, okay. Here's where Cleveland makes a, makes another big move, and they probably go after Kimball Walker because that's all the name that you hear. You think, all right, they're probably going to try to flip Jr. in that pick and maybe somebody else or maybe Amon in that pick and try to get Kimba. And that was actually what I thought they were going to do. So I'm sitting there. 
and my phone buzzes, and I look at it, and it says Cavalier or uh, Rodney Hood gets traded to Cleveland. I was like, okay, Rodney Hood, another solid player. Uh, and I'm like, all right, so what did they give up? So then you look at that, and you're like, all right, you got Rodney Hood. So far, you got three, two wing players, and another guy that's like a tweener, like a Jeff Green and Larry Nance. And I'm like, all right, so, all right, what did they give up in that? So it ends up being a three-team deal. The Cavs give up Shumpert, give up Jay Crowder, and they give up Derrick Rose. Um, and in return, they get Rodney Hood and George Hill. And they also, during that, they also talk, their, before they make the trade, there's, I guess, you know, they're, they were already kind of talking to Dwayne Wade. They were like, you know, Wade was kind of like, you know, I'm not going to get to play that much. Because there's a lot of people that are like, man, I can't believe they traded away Wade. But if you read the stuff that came out, uh, this was kind of a, kind of a mutual thing. Like he was like, yeah, I'm not really gonna get to play, and I know I'm getting old. And why don't you guys just see if you can trade me to Miami, and you know I'll just finish my career off there. So what Cleveland does is Cleveland's like, all right, yeah, we'll flip you down to Miami. So they flipped him down to Miami. Miami traded them a highly protected second round pick. So Cleveland throws that in, uh, 2020 second round pick, throws that in the deal. So the Kings end up getting Amon Shumpert, um, Joe Johnson from Utah, and then uh, Utah gets Jay Crowder and Derrick Rose from Cleveland. And then George Hill also comes to Cleveland with uh, Rodney Hood. So now you lose Amon Shumpert, Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, uh, Channing Fry and Isaiah Thomas. So it's seven players, and you pick up four players, two of them who are 25 years old. George Hill, who I believe is 31, um, somewhere around, I think he's, uh, he is 31 years old, yes, uh, averaging 10.3 points, 2.8 assists, and 2.7 rebounds. Uh, and then you get a uh, Rodney Hood, who was starting uh, before the s- surge of uh, Donovan Mitchell and has actually started coming off the bench and has been playing pretty well. So, I mean, he's already used to the six-man role. Uh, Rodney Hood is uh, 25. So you get three 25-year-old players and then another po- a point guard that's 31. And this sets you up, and you keep the Brooklyn pick. That's the biggest thing is you keep the Brooklyn pick. So now they have the Brooklyn pick, and now you look at this draft. So what I have pulled up on here is the NBA Draft.net mock draft. So this is basically... Based off of what records are now, if it was like the NFL draft, who would be blah, 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 picked. They have Cleveland picking eighth and picking Wendell Carter. Solid pickup. I would think that they would uh, – I kind of think the draft would be a little bit different than this. Um, I do think 1-2 is right. I kind of wonder if people are going to take a chance on Michael Porter. Um, I don't know because of the back injury. And then I also saw today that Michael Porter may be coming back this season. Who knows? Uh, if I'm Michael Porter and I'm reading these draft lottery or these mock drafts, I'm not doing it. Why do it? Why come back and risk getting hurt even more? Um, I actually reading right now, Michael Porter Jr. is optimistic that he'd be cleared to practice next week. Um, had surgery in November, has played two minutes this season. To me, if I'm Michael Porter Jr., I don't risk it. Uh, I sit out the rest of the season, uh, go to con- go to the combine, do some workouts, let them see me there. That's that's my opinion. But 
He's got a team around him. That's what they they know what they're doing. So they obviously know what they're doing because they have two sons that are playing Division One basketball. One of them was the number one player in the nation. So uh, they have again they have Cleveland taking Wendell Carter. We'll see what happens. I think Brooklyn ends up being worse than what they are now. Um, I think they finish below some of these teams that are in front of them now, like Chicago and Memphis. Uh, Phoenix will be bad still. Uh, Atlanta and Orlando, I think, will be a little bit better. I mean, Orlando has showed it's weird. They've beaten Cleveland, I believe, twice. Then again, who hasn't beaten Cleveland? So, uh, so you keep that pick. You get all those young players around LeBron, and then you have free agents that are coming out next season. Uh, this this could have been huge right here. Like I at first, like I said, I didn't like the trade for Cleveland, but the more and more I thought about it. It was like you got a lot of old players off of your, you got a lot of old players off of your roster. You got you cleared up some cap space. Uh, yeah, you cleared up some cap space, and uh, you got some solid young players uh, in return. Jordan Clarkson was I don't know what the deal was with him trying to get out of L.A. or L.A. trying to get out of get him out of there. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people talking about how you know Cleveland helped LA clear up space for LeBron. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't see LeBron going to the Western Conference. Uh, I don't see a lot of people saying this, but I know LeBron is still playing at the highest level that he's maybe played his whole career, and he's 33 years old. But why would you want to go to the Western Conference? play against that tough tough competition every game. Uh, you know, you got your Houston's, your OKC's, your Golden State's, your San Antonio's. Why would you want to play them four times a year and then have to play them in the playoffs when you can stay in, in the Eastern Conference? Yes, Boston is very good. Yes, Boston has the chance of getting a good, um, of getting a good free agent. I realize that. Uh, they'll have uh, what's his face back next year as well. Uh, I can't. My mind, my mind keeps going blank. Uh, they'll have their small forward back next year who got hurt in the first game of the season, and uh, Gordon Hayward. They'll have Gordon Hayward back next season, and you know they'll be at full strength. So you go there, you play against them. Toronto, I still think is fool's gold. I think they're I think they're decent, but. You worry about maybe Milwaukee, but to me, Milwaukee kind of imploded themselves when they got rid of Jason Kidd. Uh, that definitely wasn't what the Greek freak wanted. So you kind of wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, I, I don't know. I really think that Cleveland is set up, or LeBron is set up a lot better to stay in the Eastern Conference. Um, and then you look at some of the people that are going to be free agents next year that <laughs> are superstars. You got Kevin Durant, he'll re-sign with Golden State. Carmelo, you don't really want Carmelo, but let's just look at some of the big men. Dwight Howard, I don't think Dwight Howard matches well with LeBron. DeAndre Jordan, I didn't really want DeAndre Jordan. Enos Kanter, of course not. He and LeBron hate each other. Uh, Robin Lopez, uh, Vucevic from Orlando, Tyson Chandler, Martian Gortat. There's some big men on there. Al Jefferson, you may be able to get Al Jefferson for cheaper. He's been in the league for 15 years. He's also 33, kind of on the back end of his career. Who knows? Maybe you can sneak in there and get a big man like that. 
Um, and that's what Kenneth Farid is on here as well. Uh, he's 28. Maybe that's something that he needs is a resurgence. Go there and play. Uh, could you picture Kenneth Farid? And then you put Kevin Love, and you have Kevin Love playing the five. Um, Kenneth Farid playing the four. LeBron the three. Clarkson the two. George Hill the one. And you just play off of that. or I mean, you can even look for a point guard here and put, uh, let's see here, uh, Kemba Walker is actually a free agent after the season. Who knows? Maybe you clear up some space and try to get that, and you have George Hill and Kemba Walker as your two, as your two I almost said quarterbacks, as your two point guards. Um, who knows? Maybe the thing is, is one of the biggest things in, in stuff like this with guys that are still this kind of young, and realize that they have their whole career ahead of them. Guys want to win. Kenneth Reed's 28 years old. Hasn't really won since he's been in Denver. Kimball Walker is 27 years old. Hasn't won since he's been in Charlotte. Why not go to Cleveland? Again, they're going to have to take a lot less money. They'll, probably, they'll have to restructure LeBron's deal as well. Uh, but it's one of those things. If LeBron knows, hey, I can bring these guys in here and we can make something happen. I'm sure he's going to do it. You get that pick as well. You sign them for the rookie for a rookie contract, so you got them for peanuts. <clears throat> this team could be ridiculous next season. This helped out a whole lot. You get a lot of young talent, a lot of guys that can learn to play with LeBron and learn to play with that with that system. Cleveland Cleveland cleaned up with this. Um, so we'll see we'll see how this goes. Um Again, like I said, at first when I saw it, I was not happy with it. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, all right, I hear you, Cleveland. So I know I haven't done a beef in a while, but uh, my beef this week is something that I've seen everybody sharing, even if you weren't a sports fan. Um, my beef this week is with Jacob Copeland's mom. That was Jacob Copeland, for those of you that didn't see it, Go anywhere on YouTube, go on Google, type in Jacob Copeland. You're going to see the video. He's a very highly recruited uh, wide receiver, was committing to, committing to college on signing day. One of the coolest times of your life. Uh, worked hard to get to this position. And you see the, the scene starts. He's sitting at the table. He's thanking everybody. He thanks his mom. He thanks God. He thanks, he thanks everybody for, you know, supporting him and, and being behind him and all that stuff. And then, you know, you see his mom. His mom's got an Alabama shirt on. She's got a Tennessee hat on. And uh, you're like, all right. And he says, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll be, I'll be playing my football for the next four years at the University of Florida. Boom, puts the Florida hat on. His mom immediately gets up, tells the guy beside her to move, picks up her purse, shakes her head at him, and walks off. And... You see this kid, 17, 18-year-old kid, and he's distraught. The One of the few people that this kid has in his life that's still there, and he feels like he's just disappointed there completely. To me, that was one of the most selfish things I've ever seen someone do. You should be, at the end, at, at this point, this should be something that is happy this should make you happy it doesn't matter who where your fandom lies anything like that if i had a child that was lucky enough to do something like this and they chose to go to the university of kentucky because that's where they honestly felt like they should go play would it suck to see him go to kentucky but at the end of the day i would be ecstatic because my kid has worked that hard to get to that position 
They they have a school that wants them to do what they were happy doing, and they're going for free. Why why be selfish and do what you did? And then the the Dari Noka who was doing the show, and I believe it was on ESPNU, says, "Well, who who is that? You know who it was? It was his mom." And then you see him try to put sentences together, but he can't because he's holding back tears because he felt like he just disappointed one of the most important people in his life. And then they show a, another clip later where his mom comes back and gives him a hug and there's all this... I'm sorry, that's bogus to me. That was such bullcrap and I cannot... I still can't believe she did it. And I, Jacob Copeland, you got a fan of me. I know you probably won't ever even hear this, but to me, the fact that she did that is a joke. And the fact that she probably defended it still and probably still will defend it is a joke. Be happy for your kid. Your kid just got a full-ride scholarship to one of the best universities to play a football. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't want to spend too much time on it because I I try not to get down about stuff like that, but that that rubbed me the wrong way, and it looked like it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, guys, I'm, I'm, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the longest episode I've had that I've done by myself. So, um, just got hopped on here and started talking, was watching some of this Rhode Island game. So, Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked my breakdown of uh, of everything. Uh, tell me what you guys think of the uh, the Cleveland stuff, what you think of Louisville's recruiting class, and uh, you know what you guys think of everything. So you guys have a good one. Try to stay warm. Uh, it actually is a nice day out right now. I think it's in the 50s. So you guys have a good night, and uh, I'll be posting another one of these on Monday. Have a good one, guys.